Welcome back to Recorded Therapy Sessions. My name is Jake, and I have across from me the beautiful Wayman. Hello. And the beautiful David. Mm. And tonight, oh, just, just a, mm. that's how he introduces himself now. Mm. Mm. This episode is a, this is a special episode for us because this is the first one where we've actually brought on a guest. And tonight we are joined by Colton right over on the corner. Colton, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come in and sit with you guys. Totally. We've been talking about this for... We've been talking about him for... Well... <laughs> well <okay. laughs> All right, let, let, let's put it in perspective. Technically, we talked about him back in winter when we all went up to that cabin. Here's we a question. We haven't stopped talking about him since. That's true. It's oh, been a while. I was just... Okay, actually, now that makes sense because I was going to say, does Colton know that we were talking about him since the winter? <laughs> We've just been behind closed doors going like... Surprise. Colton's amazing. We got to get him on. Colton's the best. We need him on the podcast. We've tried recording him in the past. He just didn't know about it, so it didn't work out as well. <laughs> this time, we told him, hey, we're recording you. Come on over. So it's it's working out much better this time around, hopefully. Don't catch him off guard. So today's May 20th that we're recording. Who knows when this is going to get out to you all, as always. <laughs> That's a new tag. But just now. <laughs> we've got some hot topics. See, the reason why... We're all loving Colton over here is we have a few things to talk about that we've been exploring and we were talking to each other about health and wellness and finding meaning and all these things. And we're like, man, who is the healthiest, most well-beingest and most meaningful guy that we know? And wow, Colton just came straight to mind. (laughs) And uh, I tell you what, how do you do it, Colton? I mean, how do you do all the well-being it's very well. You know, it's funny. Is, uh, <laughs> nobody can s- saw me actually shoving those uh, those pastries down my throat the- <laughs> earlier today. But no, have helped you. It's actually just kind of a lifestyle that I've honestly picked up over time. Really, just bad habits. I just noticed. You know, you eat kind of junk food and don't feel too good. And if you sit around all day, you don't feel too good after that. Just kind of tired the whole time. At least for me, I don't know, but. You know, I think the one of the main things, though, that, like, really, like, showed, like, restraint was during the cabin trip that we took. Oh, and, yeah. you know, we had, I think we had three different days with three, like, three different meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you literally only ate egg whites, spinach, and chicken that you brought. <laughs> That's all you ate. I was I was very amazed because for me, if somebody was if I was to do that and there was all this amazing food, I I'd break down. But you you had a fight back then, right? Yeah. So it wasn't really so much a fight; it was an actual just jujitsu tournament. Okay. So it wasn't like anything like you know too glorious like you'd see you know like on TV with like UFC octagon stuff like that. It was just uh, kind of like a grappling tournament, mm. you know, for all ages. And uh, yeah, I had to make 185 the morning of. And so I want to say when we started that trip, I was probably right around like 190, 192. You were really close. I think yeah. you were like a shave of a couple pounds. And I thought about it. After uh, smelling you, it was the chicken and waffles that almost got me, man. Because uh, when we, it, cause it was the first night there, you know, and I mean, because it was the first time I'd ever been like around your cooking too. Oh, yeah. So, and obviously I've heard like how great of a cook you were and yeah, sure enough. The whole time just walking around, like you could smell like the sweetness of the waffles. And then it was like you did like a Cajun. Yeah, I did the uh, Carolina, uh, is it Carolina hot chicken? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was it was rough. It was rough. I did sneak a couple bites but here like, and there. It was like small bites. Like you, even after you ate it, I I I saw a little bit of like shame. You're just like, damn it. But I'm glad you. En- I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, no, it was great. It yeah. was so good. Okay, it was You're so good, good uh, to the point where I thought about like maybe I could just get a, a plate for myself and then maybe just throw on a sauna suit and kind of sweat off a couple of extras. I mean, it would suck, but it kind of seemed like it might be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> at the time. But no, yeah, that was rough. That, 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 that was hard to do. I won't lie. I won't lie. But, I just uh, felt so bad about that because we got a group of people, Wayman's cooking it up, dinner served or breakfast or whatever it is. I was dinner that And it's time. just every, well, it was the whole weekend. Uh, that's true. You're and it was right. just everyone's like, oh, oh, Wayman. Oh my God. <laughs> it was so good. Colton's got his Tupperware container of spinach and he's like, yeah, mm, you know, just munching away. Like, no. <laughs> Smells good, guys. Smells very good. Spinach and chicken the whole time. (laughs) Why were you so distraught? It was so bad. Did you eat that cake? I think I sent you home with like the cake that I made that one time. Oh, I do remember that. So I didn't actually eat it. Unfortunately, I wanted to, but it was still uh, it was still too close to to time, and I didn't think it was going to be, you know, still good at the end of it. So I kind of just let uh, Kyle. Have at it, Kyle and David. Uh, <laughs> How'd they like it? Oh, nothing but good things. Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. Like, this is great. I'm like, I know. Well, next time. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> well, just for a little context, too, behind all that, Wayman loves cooking. Um, I'm not sure if that's come up on this podcast before, but Wayman's very good at cooking, and he just absolutely loves it. So He's done it a few times. Yeah. Yeah, just a couple, though. Nothing too wild. Especially when his friends are just trying to lose weight for their, <laughs> for their big tournament, and he's like... Oh, I just uh, <laughs> made some beef bourguignon. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did be- do beef bourguignon. Yeah, it was good. That was crazy. I felt so bad. Nobody <laughs> told me about any dietary restrictions, so I was just like, okay, cool. And then, like, literally in the car, I was like, yeah, I can't eat any of that stuff. I'm like, then what am I here for? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that is Wayman's soul meaning in this universe. Oh. We'll get into this later, but uh, <clears throat> if you were to take food out of women's life and cooking what would he be left with oh that's a good question we'll tie into that later yeah but (laughs) But anyways yeah for more context also on colton's life colton you were training for what exactly at that time and just in general what's your big driver i don't know not to use such terms like (laughs) that but why are you here on this earth and why were you so (laughs) driven at that time what was it that you were committing yourself to that you just love to do in life in general yeah, that one was just for a jujitsu tournament, and it had been uh, the first one that I'd done in a long time, so I kind of wanted to make sure that I got this one particularly right. But yeah, that was uh, that was the big thing, was just trying to get ready for that, uh, that jujitsu tournament. And that's pretty much the main, my main driver, if I had to pick one, you know, it's jujitsu, boxing, I love boxing as well. So those are kind of my two... My two mainstays. That's my uh, my cooking, to women's cooking, my uh, <laughs> boxing and jujitsu. Well yeah. How'd you get into that originally? Originally, so funny um, when I first started it, because I'm, for the most part, like whenever you see anybody who's like, you know, martial arts related, you know, they're typically, uh, you know, ah, so aggressive and things like that from like the outside looking in. But like for the longest time, I'm like, even to this day, like verbal confrontation terrifies me. And any sort of like, Back in the day, like physical confrontations um, were scary too, because I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, right? And what first brought me to martial arts was, funny enough, it was actually a breakup. 
a while back. The yeah. classic, the classic like <laughs> catalyst for any there good you hobby go. or passion or anything. It's just a breakup, <laughs> dude. Yeah, and it was uh, it was rough, and I didn't really know how to deal with it. I was really self conscious, kind of low self esteem, uh, and uh, super overweight at the time. And I was about two hundred seventy pounds right before I started. And when I was first looking into it, I thought in the good old town of Elko, Nevada. Um, I thought there's, there's gotta be, you know, something out there for me to do. Cause just like, you know, standard gold's gym wasn't really cutting it. Mm. And then I ended up meeting a couple of the local fighters through like a, like a mutual friend. And I mm. thought, Oh, well maybe I'll give this a shot. I bet people will think I'm cool if I do this. Right. Which is <laughs> looking back. So, so yeah. dumb, but no, I just kind of went out there, started going at it and just, I don't know, got addicted, just kind of fell in love with it. And now that's like the most consistent thing in my life. Been doing it for just over 10 years now. So was there a moment as you were starting to get into it, I feel like people, it goes one of two ways. They either do it the first time and they're like, oh, this is it. Or was it just more of a gradual build where you did it once and you're like, okay, this is this is kind of cool. And then you just continued doing it. And the more you did it, the more you liked it. So I would probably say it was more of the gradual because when I, when I first started, it wasn't necessarily like if you take anywhere, like any local gym here in Boise, there's going to be some kind of structure, right? Like the instructor for jujitsu more than likely is probably a black belt, brown belt, you know, a higher rank. Same with boxing. You know, they have some sort of pro experience or just know what they're doing. And when we first started in Elko, there wasn't really a whole lot there. So what we would do is it was honestly just like a group of people getting together and somebody's got mats laid out in their garage. Or I think there was like almost like a big, not quite a warehouse, but like a shop mm-hmm. kind of that somebody converted to a gym. And uh, it just depended who rolled through there. Like somebody had a couple golden glove matches be like oh cool you box let's throw on gloves and spar basically just punch each other you know no technique no nothing. <laughs> and like then street yeah fighting. yeah seriously yeah. street fighter mm. good good pretty much man pretty much and so um when i first started uh i don't want to say it wasn't correct but that's just kind of how i was introduced to it and i'll be honest i didn't want to go back after the first night um <laughs> just because Shoot. like I remember I walked in, everybody else, I uh, assumed they knew what they were doing, and obviously they knew a lot more than I did, and it was just hell. You know, I, I was dying, I was super sweaty, I couldn't, I was out of shape, I just didn't know, you know, what I was doing. And uh, every part of me was like, no, it's, this probably isn't for you, this isn't it. And then I thought, well, you can't go back, you know, they think you're going to be a wimp, you know, or whatever, so just, just stick it out, just keep going. And then when I finally did get set up with somebody who actually, you know, knew what they were doing... Um, was a buddy of mine who was a, a boxer and so I started going through like boxing classes with him and just kind of simple stuff you know running mitts nothing too crazy but when it actually got down to the proper techniques and things like that I'm like okay well there's a lot more to this than just you know mm-hmm. I punch you you punch me you know <laughs> and then that's when jujitsu first started was uh, a guy moved in there from Reno and that was the first time I learned proper jujitsu versus just trying to you know, just take somebody down and strangle them, not knowing exactly how and the proper ways to get there. And hmm. once I found out that there was more, you know, to build on it more than just, you know, just manhandling another person. Yeah. I don't know. It just stuck. And it's, I've been in love ever since. So you, the, this other person who just moved from Reno just showed up to one of your boxing events and said, Hey, anybody want to learn jujitsu too? Or like, <laughs> Well, no, it wasn't even, I actually heard it through a buddy at work who used to fight professionally and he told me because at that time there wasn't anybody any schools or anything open and so chris the coach came over from reno 
and he was telling me, oh yeah, there's this at the time, no, I think it was a brown belt when he first got there, but might have been a purple, I don't know, it was so long ago, but either way, he was, uh, he knew, you know, he knew what he was doing. And so he's like, yeah, you know, there's this guy who's teaching classes and uh, essentially, I can't remember exactly what kind of gym it was, but it was like a, like a gold's gym, mm-hmm. uh, you know, any like local gold's gym sort of setup. And then like later in the evenings, they would let us roll out old wrestling mats that the high school wasn't using. And then we would just grapple in the back. And that was just kind of our thing we did every <laughs> oh, night, nice. like, at, you know, 730. Yeah. And so that was when I first got introduced to like correct technique you know, and things like that. And yeah, that's it's not when, just like a little fight club out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not just people, you know, location sent and everybody just meet up and, you know, beat yeah. the hell out of each other. But uh, that was the time when I actually learned jujitsu with like a purpose and, you know, there's a reason you do things. And that was really what kind of set it off. And I've done it ever since. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I first met you, you did have, I would never have expected like the shyness, I guess, or like the insecurities that you're telling us right now because like you had this like and i it may come with martial arts but you had this kind of like aura or like air about you where i was just like oh i had to be i had to be careful like i knew you weren't like one of those like oh you just you're frightening on me i'm gonna beat you up type person but like <laughs> i just there was something that sounds that, like colton I, right? <laughs> yeah. big big asshole just a just a b word you know but yeah i would never have expected that like you have such a great aura and presentation when you talk with people that almost feels like you have a lot of confidence and is that does that come from the martial arts or is that just from experience throughout your life oh without a doubt i would attribute that to to martial arts for sure it's definitely helped me i guess not be quite as shy as i used to be and i'm definitely still shy which i mean like that's one thing like i love listening like your guys's podcast it's like whenever we hang out i learn so much from all of you just by sitting back and you know just having a beer and listening to you guys you know go back and forth like i love that and so that's really just kind of my favorite thing to do. So I'm just naturally shy anyway. Mm. But as far as like the confidence goes, it probably would definitely be a martial arts because I don't want to get like super spiritual and like, you know, I found myself and whatnot. But in a way, I'm just I'm more comfortable with who I am, I guess. Okay. And so it's a, it's definitely like, a, you know, like deflated the ego trying to be like, I got to put on like a persona that I'm not. And so I've, I don't know, it's just had me relaxed or made me relaxed, I should say, a lot more. Why do you, why do you think that's the case? Like, is there, have you been able to pinpoint anything that is going like, okay, jujitsu and martial arts is helped me kind of find who I am. I'm more relaxed. Have you been able to pinpoint it to any specific reason as to why, or it's just a kind of a unexplainable, inexplicable reason that you feel that way. And it's, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I think it could be a couple things. Um, the biggest one is, uh, it's a good way to get like, I don't want like nervous energy out, yeah. I guess. I mean, if I'm having like a bad day, a bad week, you know, like take this whole quarantine thing, for instance, like I was, I was losing my mind, you know, and it, it's funny cause you don't, you don't realize quite how boring you are until you take away like for me, jujitsu, boxing. And then all I'm left with is like, you know, video games and whatnot. So I had nothing to really get that physical outlet yet. I mean, sure. I could, you know, go for a run, work out, which is great. You know, that does the trick for a little bit, but that first roll back, man, when I first hit the mats again, it was, I don't know, it was like a weight was lifted, if that makes sense, you know? So I think it has a lot to do with that as far as just getting out like anxious aggression and things like that. And then another one is it can be more relaxed just because like when you're doing jujitsu, it's it's all friendly, you know, nothing too serious, but you're literally rolling, practicing, you know, strangling people, breaking off limbs, right? 
you don't go quite, you don't quite, you know, I mean, it's super extreme, but it's not, you don't, and you obviously don't do that. You don't do that to your buddies. So that's not cool, but. But you're not far off, no, not <laughs> but so put in the right situation. Yeah. Jake, um, you better not break my arm. <laughs> so, so yeah. And I mean, you figure if you can, uh, if you can go through a full five minutes of just having this black belt, who's just smashing your world the entire time. And there's nothing, no response you have to it. The day can't really get any worse than that. So <laughs> you were moments away from losing your limbs <laughs> earlier today. So you know what? This conversation with that person who's not so pleasant, that's not so bad after all. Yeah. Gosh, it's, that's At least I have my limbs today. You know? I almost a, temporarily lost consciousness earlier this morning, but <laughs> such an interesting way of putting it. Near death is okay. It's like almost like a physical like person taking you on type situation like the world stuff (laughs) (laughs) i like looked and i was like trying to figure out my words and i was because like it it it's hard for me to explain it because you're taking on all the um worldly environments and i think the big thing for you was when you got back on the mats is definitely that community you didn't have that community before so you were separated exiled and then now you're in, uh, sorry to say exile, but like now. <laughs> dramatic terminology. Well, I'm just saying, you know, but like you couldn't do what you enjoyed, right? And then being back on the mat, being, I guess, flung around by this guy that seems super intense. It almost brings you back to like homeostasis where it's just like, there's always things that could be worse, but right now it's okay, I guess. And I think like with martial arts in general, like there's this huge like function of like inner energy key and then mindset because like you definitely don't want to go into a fight where you have emotions in there because then at that point you're not thinking straight. Something could happen. You could hurt your friend when you're just doing a sparring match. And I think and I think that's the cool thing about martial arts because like I took Taekwondo when I was little and, you know, it did help with some of like the crazy energy that I had most of the time it was just put back into the kitchen, but, (laughs) 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 but, (laughs) but you know, it's just, it's nice to kind of have that serenity. Like it's not, it's like almost like a cliche Eastern thing where it's like meditation, but with flow. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really the one thing that, is a form of like meditation for me. Like you said, I mean, as cheesy as it sounds, it really is. Cause I mean, there's nothing better than just going to like an hour long open mat, getting like eight rounds in with all your buddies and just kind of laughing, having a good time. And you just feel better. Yeah, for sure. It's community meditation. I don't know if I could do that. Uh, that, that seems a little too intense. Oh, it's, it's, it's not nearly as bad uh, as it seems. I mean, I understand I did the whole almost get, you know, strangled unconscious <laughs> and that, that kind of elevates things, but it's, it's not bad at all. You know, it's, it's, and I'm definitely one of those that would, uh, I don't try to, but I end up trying to push jujitsu on just about everybody. But I think it's beneficial for everybody. Mm. You know, I have a way from like the over energetic five year old all the way up. You know, I think, how old is he? I can't remember. There's this guy. Who, Gerald. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, there's guys Gerald. in their like mid 60s that come in just start fresh. Really? You know, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it a lot. And it's, it's great. I mean, this one dude, he gives me real tough roles when we grapple so oh, yeah well, i think at it's it's basic everyone's got that energy whether it's nervous or not and it's just finding 
maybe something to that but it's just finding what is your method of dispersing that energy Mm. for some people it's going to be the martial arts route for some people it's going to be lifting a lot for some people it's going to be cooking you know i think that's maybe an interesting topic to get into at some point but it's almost like what is your method of energy dispersal so i'm pretty curious along those lines if you had just stuck to say boxing all along, do you think it would have been the same or was there some differentiating factor between just boxing, which you had before, and then this introduction of jujitsu, was there something very unique about that, that offered this new, almost like level of meaning to what you were doing? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say definitely. I think jujitsu fits my overall personality a little bit more. So I tend to be just more of like a laid back person in general. And, uh, and that's really what jujitsu is, you know, just staying relaxed and kind of moving around and, you know, reacting when needed versus boxing. It's a little bit more high intensity, you know, moving around a lot more and, and focus and whatnot. So I'd say I just kind of gravitated naturally more to jujitsu. And while boxing used to be my favorite, I'd definitely say uh, jujitsu is number one for me now. Jujitsu number one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you for that, Wayman. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely sort of just been my thing. That's my go-to hobby that I that I tend to stick with, and which is cool because I, I love like also finding out like you know like how other people disperse like you were mentioning before like how where they channel their energy to just uh, their own form of meditation and so like in a way when you're you're a thug in the kitchen getting everything all cooked <laughs> up you know and whatnot yeah. and then yeah David and uh, Jake you guys are killer musicians yeah is that kind of your, like your guys's main go? Yeah, I'd, I'd say. I don't know. I feel like you and I are very similar where it's almost just broad in the creative realm, at least for me, I would say, cause like music is a big thing that I'm interested in, but podcasting is a big thing. Graphic mm-hmm. design. It's just a little sprinkling of creative anything. Yeah. I definitely think that energy for me does come in the, a creative form or I think the alternative might be anything that's just intellectually stimulating for me. I don't really work out or <laughs> have a physically stimulating activity that engages me and fills me with a deep sense of meaning nearly as much as like a really good conversation would definitely be more of going back to what Wayman's saying, like a meditative state or a state of flow or just a state of feeling deeply meaningful, especially bringing yourself out of a situation. You mentioned earlier how this kind of came as a result of like a, a low moan in your life, like that breakup and everything. Yeah. I'm curious if that's for like anyone else here, some of the things that you hold near and dear to you kind of also came of a, a low point in your <laughs> life of some type. <laughs> uh, Jake? Let me grab my scroll. <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. No, I, th- so here's something maybe we can dive into. I guess why? Like, why is it that, because you look at artists, maybe musicians or anyone across the board, and I feel like a lot of great works, whether it's an album or a song or a piece of art, it typically, I feel like it comes from a pretty low moment. You know, there's like something's going on in that person's life that it catalyzes something and then it, it gets you onto this whole pathway. And so I think that'd be an interesting concept is like, why is it, and I'm going to, I realize I'm kind of changing the subject a little bit here from the original question. So I'll stick with it's the original cool. one. But um, I think at least for me, this podcast is a good example of that. And not necessarily one, there was a, there was a moment 
for me where everything kind of went south. But then it was a lot of months and months of, of contemplation and thinking. And this podcast for me is kind of a what came out of it a little bit. So, yeah, I think that answers. I forget what the original question was. Now, no, but, yeah, yeah. You're saying to give a little like, bit more yes, context when you're saying before the podcast, you had a bit of a low moment. And then it was a couple of months and then you finally rekindled that. Whew, that youthful energy of Jake <laughs> into some new creative endeavor, right? Essentially, yes. You repeat after me. Uh, <laughs> oh my I God. Kindled, I kindled my youthful energy. My youthful energy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wait a minute. What do you What do you think? Have you ever had a really low point in your life that you took that moment to forge something meaningful out of it? Or not out of that particular situation, but just it led to the construction of something meaningful in your life. Uh, all the time, like that's kind of that's kind of my thing. I think, especially when you know, for me, my parents were definitely kind of overbearing in certain cases. So they expected certain things, they wanted certain things, and that ultimately kind of it kind of depressed me a lot in regards and then also threw me a lot of anxiety too because I wasn't meeting their expectations and that also put me into like insecurities with where I work and just how I am as, as an individual and that's where like cooking creativity like this project here model building stuff like that and then also like collecting things too kind of helped with like become a medium for that energy and try to disperse it I still think that there could be healthier ways to dealing with it, especially putting that negative energy toward food is kind of like a big no-no in my, in my book, but it does help with kind of understanding where I am and how I can be better in the future. I don't know if that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You brought up this idea of not wanting to put negative energy into things. Do you find ways of transferring that energy into something more constructive? Because I think that's, in a way, what we might be getting at, right? Is saying, <laughs> well, I guess to go back to the jujitsu example or boxing or whatever it might be for you, Colton, like the the negative energy of a breakup wasn't really what was driving everything. It was more a transferring or transitioning of that energy into something more constructive. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, that, that's pretty on. Yeah, it was a way to channel any sort of like negative energy, negative thoughts out, you know, just kind of at least get it out on something for me obviously it was like more physical that's one thing mm-hmm. i actually admire about like you guys is you guys are, i feel like you're more creative with approaches and you can actually like have projects you work on like songs you know podcasts and stuff like that i think that's super cool where yeah no that's uh that's kind of where i just ended up yeah i was uh just on the mats and uh and rolling but not so much uh and i don't know if it was too so much as far as like the negative energy mm-hmm. but uh it was more just I guess feeling better about myself in a way as well, if that makes sense. Just kind of like not necessarily an ego boost, but I guess confidence builder. You know, that this brings up another thing that I kind of want to ask you about. (laughs) So speaking of that confidence building and finding that new sense of meaning in yourself and in your life, do you feel like that took a while to build up? Because when I heard you describing what you first got into and how 
a lot of what was perhaps driving you and motivating you would be things like, oh, if I don't go back, they're all going to think I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm not legit. And, you know, you're like, oh, this might, this might seem pretty cool to other people if I try this out and I'm able to do this. So I get a sense, uh, in my opinion, I, I see confident people as needing less external validation like that more and more. I, and I feel like the guy that I know now, Colton, like you, you don't really have that energy much where you're like constantly seeking validation from like us or anyone else. So how did you kind of transition from starting with this sense of maybe seeking more of that validation and meaning in other people to confidently being validated in yourself? That's a good question. I, I would probably say just kind of going with jujitsu and everything. I became so, I want to say so more focused on like the how and like the why of jujitsu as far as, you know, what, like what specific moves to do, you know, what specific techniques and things like that. Cause it's so dense that that just took uh, a lot of my focus. And so when I started uh, excelling in that, you know, eventually like, getting my blue belt and, you know, progressing through there, I started building a lot more confidence in myself, you know, that, and then like, you know, just being around my friends and everything. And so the more, the further along that I've gotten through jujitsu, the less I've really cared about like how I was presented mm-hmm. to other people. And I mean, yeah. like, not in the sense that, you know, I, I don't care how I'm presented or like, I don't care if it, people hate me or like me, you know, of course yeah, yeah. I want, you know, people to like me if they don't, then what I, that's, I guess. But yeah, really it's just, I'd say it was probably just the deeper that I got and the further along that I went with jujitsu, it, it really helped me focus more on myself and not worry too much about other people's mm-hmm. opinions of me and, you know, what I do uh, and things like that. Um, outside of like my close friends, if my close friends were like, Hey, you need to straighten out. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you know, but sure. I think, cause you, you've mentioned this a couple of times, but that makes sense. I think as you're growing more proficient in a skill, you become more confident because yeah. you've told me before, you know, that white belts come in and it's like, they come in hot, like they got something to prove and they're trying to like, just go at it with people or they learn one move and then they're trying to, you know, like go for the kill. You know, I'm, I don't know. I forget the proper, I was trying to think of the proper term, but go for the kill. Whereas you get someone more seasoned and they're just super laid back and they're like, yeah, no, kind of like I'm good and I know it, but I don't have to like prove it sort of thing. So maybe it's a working proficiency thing. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. And correct me if I'm wrong in saying any of that too. No, no. I mean, no, you're spot on. I'm just cause I, I was that beginning white belt, you know, the guy who would get in there and the second you get any sort of grip, you hold on to it for dear life, you know, and you're not trying to force too much. And it's just, I think it's just a lot of that. Cause I mean, some people can start off, you know, just fine. Just going in brand new, uh, except that they don't, you know, know what they're doing and are willing to learn right out of the gate. I wish I was like that. Unfortunately, I wasn't when I first started where I think a lot of it is like nervous energy. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, a lot of times, I mean, I feel like it's probably getting a little bit more popular now, but a lot of times when somebody first is, first enters into, you know, jujitsu or anything like that, it's probably due to like a, a pay-per-view that they watched, right? Like UFC or something, something like that. So <laughs> yeah. there's just this image of like, you know, just these yoked up dudes and like, oh, I got to be so tough and, you know, do whatever you got to do, which isn't really the case. And I think that's why a lot of people do start that way. Like, cause I was the same way was uh, when I first walked in, that's all I thought was, okay, I got, I got to take it to this guy, you know, and it's just, that's just not the case. The further you go on and you also understand too, that relaxing more actually benefits you more. 
And that's one mm-hmm. thing they say is like when you when you first start off with somebody and they're very tense, they're almost lighter, I guess, body weight wise, because the best analogy I've heard is when you are super tense, right? You're almost like stiff like a board, right? Yeah. So if you take like a 50 pound, let's just say like a 50 pound board, right? Grab the middle of it, pick it up. It's balanced. Shouldn't be too difficult, right? But if you take like a 50 pound sack of sand and try and pick that up, now you've got weird weight distribution. You got to kind of compensate for that. So it's a little tougher. Oh, and so that's one thing that you start to learn like over time is the more relaxed you are, the almost the heavier you are, right? Yeah. And which is funny because if you get somebody uh, who j- who's just starting out, like either they're out of shape or they're overweight, they start losing weight, right? Because they're eating right. They're getting good exercise through jujitsu, but somehow they're getting heavier. And it's because they're learning Woo-hoo. to relax, Interesting. you know? And so it's, um, and that's one thing that also comes with time. So, I mean, right out of the gate, you know, you start off, you're super, super tense, super, oh, I'm going to get them. And, and uh, over time, you're just like, you know what? No, I'm. I'm good. I'm just going to chill. I'm going to relax. And then you can just almost like dead body weight. And then until you find your moment. That's so funny. I feel like the complete side tangent, but it's almost like as soon as you stop trying for something, like if you're putting in the work and effort for it, but you stop like really trying, that's when things happen for you almost. I think by really trying to, there's that sense of anxious energy driving it too. Where, when I'm really, really trying for a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Raymond. <laughs> you knew exactly where I was going with that. You know, uh, that's probably not the best place to be for <laughs> swooning not... some. You know, anyways, <laughs> but yeah, the more you you lose weight and you are more like a big bag of sand. <laughs> The more likely you're going to get that gal. <laughs> so relaxed. Well, okay, I, so with with four with four single guys in this room, we just wait. all got to relax. No, hold on. You have a girlfriend. No. Don't don't be don't starting spread it. misinformation. <laughs> on this Sorry, don't. Uh, that's not the lesson a... to take away is four single guys is you just got to relax. Become a 50-pound bag of sand, not a 50-pound uh Piece of wood. <laughs> <laughs> There's a straight timber. Well, I okay to to kind of top that. It's almost like coming to terms with certain things, right? Because like an like an acceptance. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like an acceptance thing, and I think that's like for me is the hardest thing is accepting certain things because for myself, I definitely strive for more, and if I have like I. I have a huge issue with asking for help. I think that's like the hugest thing for me. In coming to terms with that, it almost like, I think this is just my upbringing. It almost feels like it's a weakness to ask for help. And so I try not to, I just don't do it. And at that point, I get into those like anxious moments, anxiety. I become a um, stiff piece of timber instead of a relaxed (laughs) (laughs) that could be taken out of context and I apologize (laughs) but at this but like yeah that's just the thing that's a quote that's gonna uh, that's gonna go up on our Instagram as a quote but that's the thing it's just like coming to terms and almost feels like at least for me in this podcast it's almost like trying to figure out how to come to terms with certain things and it sounds like for you when you were doing jiu-jitsu and you were doing boxing, it almost felt like you were coming to terms with certain things and that helped you become who you are today. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it has a lot to do with ego as well. Just kind of go along with like acceptance and things like that is once you learn, you know, to like accept certain things, like certain things are just, they're just going to happen. You know, you're not perfect. It really takes a lot of kind of killing that ego off to just be like, you know, like, like in your instance, asking for help. You know, I mean, it's sure it feels super uncomfortable at the time, but Mm. you know, you're going to, whatever you're doing, you're going to get it done a little lot easier, quicker if someone just kind of gives you a hand doing it. And so similar, just not to circle always back to jujitsu, but one thing you, you kind of pick up is to, uh, to just learn, you're going to get submitted, you know, you're going to tap out. That's just the way it is. If you're not getting tapped out, then you're at the wrong place, you know? And it's, uh, and that's one thing I, uh, I had to learn, relearn again. It's because this last, uh, this last open mat I went to, I had a little ego moment where I was, I was rolling with somebody and they were good and they had a choke on, they didn't quite have it, but they kind of had my neck off to like a weird angle Whoa. and I could have just tapped you know, just saved my neck, been like, yep, yeah, it was there. But then I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I kind of went back to old me. And I'm like, no, I can get out of this. And I do. And then eventually I did, but I paid for it because uh, it still kind of hurts to look left right now. Yeah. So, but yeah, just a, just an example anyway. But yeah, no, it's really all about just kind of killing that ego and like, you know, sucking up your pride and, you know, either asking for help. That's tough, though, because if again, at the beginning of this all, you're beginning with that lower self-esteem assuming this is coming from a place of like a low point in life you're seeking that external validation i i do think it's it's an amazing thing to learn over time how to kill your ego but it's also a process of really cool and constructive outlets for letting out that energy in really unique ways and and really finding yourself that's really ironic is to kill your ego is to create yourself it's kind of a a weird concept, right? <laughs> but it's it's almost like breaking down your self-image in a little bit or the way that you think that you are or it's like a reality check. Oh. I think that's what it is because you get built up in your head like, I'm the best this, I'm this. And then, you know, you get your shit rocked and you're like, oh, wait a second. Okay, maybe I'm not like as <laughs> yeah. as good as I think I am. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I that's think- how I view it. I'm wondering, like, this is interesting, like, almost like, so to kind of, like, round it to, like, health, health type situation, right? So, like, having a huge ego, not a strong ego, but a huge ego, is that something that can be considered healthy, or is that something that is kind of detrimental to you, physically and mentally? So, it's not saying, like, you have a strong, you have a strong ego, in regards to a certain subject matter. So like, for example, like I have a strong ego in cooking. Like if somebody was to tell me something incorrect and said that I was wrong, I would have a strong enough ego to actually like confront that situation. But is that ego or is that confidence? Bingo, bingo. And that's the thing is like, I'm, I'm wondering if like, if you were to connect like strong ego to confidence, then what about like huge ego where you're like in your like, own mindset i don't know how like maybe for example like youtubers right like the logan brothers or something like logan paul oh you know what i mean yeah yeah like where they have a huge ego where they're just like i did this i'm the best type situation like i don't know if that could be considered a strong ego more of a huge ego so like kind of dissecting like for them is it healthy to have such a huge ego or is it 
better for them to have a smaller ego but a stronger one where it's confidence well so i don't i think ego is negative that's a negative thing because it's a prideful it gets in the way of i think what you're trying to do because it's kind of like i'm so good i'm this and that and there's not a level of humility and i want to give an example actually this is so this is perfect i'm going to shout out to my dad right now because I know he listens to this but this is pops, pops. <laughs> but this I growing up playing sports it's something that he instilled in me but it's the it's the mindset of if you're good like why why do you have to show it off like if you're good you know it you don't have to make a big deal about it and it's like growing up playing football I still remember to this day and I bring it with me it's like yeah you you know you score a touchdown doesn't matter if it's just a regular game or it's like the winning Super Bowl it's like, just go score the touchdown instead of making a big thing, spiking the ball, going crazy. It's like, score the touchdown, run over to the ref, give him the ball, and go to the sideline. And just like, and, and that's something that I admire mm-hmm. people too is when you're good and you know it, but you don't have to make a big show out of it and, and go crazy. So I always, my mindset is always that ego is not necessarily, I don't know if I want to say it's completely negative, but I view it definitely more on the negative side of things yeah. than I do as a positive. In the way that we've been using it thus far in the conversation, I'd say yeah. in this context, yeah, we'll say that's kind of been more of our negative placement of that. But, dude, yeah. No, I, you ever heard the expression, actions speak louder than words, right? I yes. think in this case, someone's uh, neither natural ability or who they are will speak louder than whatever boastful bragging that they might do. And that, that to me is more the the big ego is going to shout their name from the rooftop. Whereas like if there's genuinely something of value there, it will shine through and show itself and be recognizable without them shouting about it, you know? Like <laughs> and calling what's, out. what's cooler than a, let's use an MMA example. Or, you know, you got some dude, he gets into the, he gets into the octagon and he's like, yeah, man. And he's getting all hyped. And then you got the second fighter comes in and he's just super, he doesn't say a word. And the other guy's like taunting him and stuff. Then the quiet dude knocks him out first round, just straight, and then walks out. That's <laughs> those are my, ta- that's what those gets are my favorite up, fights. Dude. I will say that. That's those what are gets my me fired up. But I guess, like, how how do you control how do you control that ego? Like, if we if we talk about ego as negative, how do we control it so it doesn't shine? Bright like a diamond. I think that's kind of like an everyday battle. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, every day you're kind of struggling with all these. I can just speak for myself. I suppose I don't. Uh, it's kind of like a always constant battle with your ego, kind of making sure, not necessarily that you stay in check, but to just kind of stay true to who you are, and know that you don't have to, you know, prove anything to anybody, and just confidence. That's being. I think that's the key word too is confidence. I feel like if you're confident, you, I'd be willing to guess that your ego is probably lower, because you don't need a. You don't need a boast and everything you're like yeah I'm, I'm good man i'm good at what i do i know it yeah the the striving to be seen or heard is almost a sense of needing that external appreciation recognition and all that whereas if you're content with yourself that's a sense of self-confidence self-esteem but that doesn't explain exactly perhaps your question of how do you get there or how do you achieve that and i you know i kind of want to unravel your story Colton I was thinking about it in terms of this kind of growth journey 
that <laughs> just people a big chart. Take, you know, and it, it's from point A to point B, what that might look like for most people, even with Jake's example of coming from a certain point and then eventually turning it into something constructive with a podcast. We all have examples of it, but I think at the start, there is that striving for the external validation. There's that needing other people to recognize you, needing other people to validate you because you're at a low point and you kind of lose that confidence. You lose whatever it is that you might have. And this also could happen not just from a bummer experience, but it could also happen from random situations like literally you can't go to the gym, which I want to get into that later too. (laughs) But uh, what I think people need at that point actually is external but it's not in the way that our natural tendency is to strive for it we strive for wanting to be (laughs) recognized whereas what really ends up helping us is probably a community of people that have really high positive expectations of us i think maybe that sense of expectation that drove you to keep coming back to boxing and jujitsu because you didn't want to leave away from it after (laughs) trying it a couple of times you wanted to be scene and the people there were what was mattering to you so i think having a good sense of community was probably like the first step maybe that's like stage one of the journey (laughs) and i think the second part might be a sense of realization of like ah crap i'm not good at whatever it is that i'm trying right now (laughs) and still recognizing you know i'm not i'm not a big shot among all these people but maybe you want to be and that drives you to Colton, you brought up this focus that's just narrowing in on how can I just get better each day and become better than I was before? Just learn these little techniques here and there. And then with that focus, that builds a genuine skill and you'll see a sense of progress. And this goes back to, what was it, episode four or something we were talking about? When we try something new and we're not good at it for the first time, but how do we teach people to have confidence and a sense of self-efficacy that they can do it? It's that those little recognitions of progress, as small as they may be, they slowly build confidence, which is the next stage. (laughs) And that turns into killing your ego and creating a deeper sense of meaning for yourself. And boom, I think that's like the growth (laughs) progress track of some sort. What do you guys think? My first question that I want to ask is, then do you think that there's your ego can vary like your levels of your ego can vary like if you're let's man of the hour here let's just say that you've got a like a high working competency of jujitsu so your ego relatively is low for that because you you're confident let's say you switch over to painting and you're not good at painting you're just getting started does that necessarily mean that maybe you'd return to your high ego self of like trying to you know hype yourself up or whatever you want to mm. call it and then maybe you have to tame it down or could you transfer that knowledge of where your ego's at from jujitsu and go okay i'm it's going to take some time to learn this new skill i'll give myself grace i'll let myself build up there and confidence mm. will come the more i do it well yeah that's that's a very good point hopefully you have some stable point in your life that is giving you <laughs> enough self-esteem and self-confidence that you wouldn't really <laughs> revert back to that anxious energy. I think sometimes if, if you are at that low point and you don't really have another weight to lean on, you know, 
in in the sense of <laughs> in that sense of jujitsu where you're tense and you're all in one area, you're easier to knock over and take out. But if you have that distributed, <laughs> you have that, I, we're, here we go. Let me try that again. <laughs> if you have it that evenly distributed throughout various aspects of your life, you don't put all your eggs in one basket, so to say, and that doesn't get knocked out from you, you know, then hopefully you're able to stand an even keel and move that way through. But if not, I think something you can come back to is hopefully at any point in life, you can find that community again and they can push you and just instill the confidence in you over time by showing you like, hey, yeah, yeah, you suck right now. Not a big deal. We all did. We all were there at one point. Let's work past that. You can. I know you can. Just do this. Just do this. And I'll show you as you go that you're making progress. I think that might be another situation that would help. At the times when, you know, we don't have any source of self-confidence in our life. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. If you get any sort of like positive support group around you, whether it be, you know, with jujitsu or like cooking, you know, and you're in a kitchen full of chefs or, you know, you're with your buddies making music. It's like uh, anytime you get like a solid support system around you, I think your chances to succeed in, you know, whatever it is you're trying to get better at go up dramatically. Absolutely. Community. I've, we just talked about this on our last or maybe it's episode six. Who knows? I can't. But community is you need people. You need that positive influence to to get you to where you're going. So, Colton, we know <laughs> an unfortunate situation for you has been due to the circumstances lately. You haven't been able to go to any mats, any gyms. You've kind of lost one of your sources of, say, self-confidence and meaning in life. How have you been coping with that lately? Oh, dude, it's it's been one of the biggest struggles that I've ever gone through. I've been so like caught up in because i mean there's there's i've seen i've noticed there's been like two trends lately right there's uh there's the whole come out of this better person learning new things or there's just the you know just like let's make sure you you know you stay healthy and you get through this whole thing which you know both are valid i think it's just dependent on who you are as a person right Mm -hmm. and that was it was a struggle for me for a while to try and find you know i guess an outlet through Mm -hmm. this whole thing while i was doing it because it used to be if i couldn't go train or go to go to the gym jujitsu uh, you know, boxing, I would just go for a run and then, but I messed up my knee in that tournament. So, Ooh. so that was taken away from me too. So I kind of went pretty stir crazy there for a while until it was a uh, good enough to at least, you know, go on like light jogs and like ride a bike and whatnot. So it was really hard for me to actually kind of cope and figure out exactly what, what my new thing would be. Cause I mean, video games and, you know, Rick and Morty is only going to take you so far. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But no, yeah, it's, it's, it was a huge struggle, at least trying to find some sort of outlet for like just my built up anxious energy and really just finding things to do, period. I had, I had these funny ideas that I thought I would do, right? Like I thought I was going to get better at drawing while I was out. I, I yeah. had this kick for a little bit where I was going to learn sign language, which I thought would be cool, which still would be, yeah. you know, I mean, could definitely start learning that, you know, at any time in life. But the more I thought about it, I was just like, God, this, this isn't the maths. This isn't the gym. This isn't this isn't doing it. And granted, I probably should have given it a bit more of a chance than I did, but yeah, to circle back. Yeah, it was uh, it was rough having jujitsu taken away for sure. What do you think? What did, was there anything that you learned coming from that? Because we kind of talked about this on our, when we went hiking, but those are good. Not only is like jujitsu good activity for you, but it's also good distraction. 
for you. And so strip away all those, you know, for me, like working out or anything like that, that's a good distraction. Strip that away and almost in a sense being like, nope, you can't do any of those things. You got to sit in this room. What did you learn from having those distractions removed? Yeah, I've learned, I've learned I'm learned. i terrible at not staying busy and not, <laughs> not being busy with something. And yeah, that was a, that was, that's actually 100% true. It was a, it was really hard to actually just sit there and actually have to work things out because for the longest time, you know, whether I went through, if it was a bad day at work or, you know, what have you, I would just go to the gym, go roll, go hit some pads, do whatever. And I came out just feeling better. It was just kind of off my back. One thing this taught me was, well, that, that works. It's, it's great to, you know, kind of work stuff out. It only lasts so long. So old, I don't say be dramatic and say like old demons, but like old things that bothered me kind of started to resurface for a while. And mm. yeah, it, it was really hard to actually cope with what I'm doing. So then I did, you know, like a couple of things, you know, like, like, like we were talking about, like I started seeking out like a counselor and things like that to kind of help me learn to better communicate and things. So that's kind of been uh, one thing that I've started trying to do was to try and be a little more like communicative, speak to a counselor and whatnot. So, but yeah, that's uh, that's the biggest thing was uh, I'm not very good with being alone with my thoughts, I guess. <laughs> I think most people are probably all in the same boat. I know we can all, I mean, I won't speak for you guys, but yeah, not good with my own thoughts. Not a good spot. I think if you, it's it's tough if you don't have those roots in something meaningful in your life, those moments of solitude are easy to be shaken up without that deeper sense of self-confidence, self-esteem. Ooh, yeah. I think it's a good experience that we're all as a as a species right now to <laughs> yeah. go through though, because most people, whether it's video games, working out, positive or negative things, you do these things to maybe distract a little bit or to, so you don't have to face kind of some of these thoughts or realities. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to put the world literally on pause and force people to go, well, I've got nowhere, you know, I've been running away from this thing the entire time, but now I took this turn down the alley. Turns out this alley ends in a brick wall. I can't go up. I can't (laughs) climb. All I can do is turn around and face this thing. You know, I don't, I could see, lots of positive things coming from that. Do you think a lot of people through this generally did face the things that they've been pretty much constantly running away from? That's, I think that's impossible to, I mean, I guess maybe if you recognize it in your own life or in the lives of the people around you, I think, I mean, a lot of our friends and the people that we support ourselves or surround ourselves with, are kind of on the same page. So I think for me and my friends, it's been a good thing because it's, I think we've, we've naturally kind of aligned with people that are interested in introspection and really kind of working through things. So I'll say yes to that. I think the main thing for this scenario is definitely people dependent on their living situation. Like for myself, I actually just live by myself in this house. So going through your examples of like kind of facing those fears, I tend to not face them. I actually try to drown them out and it's hard for me to like kind of cope with it type situation. But like, and this is me thinking out loud here, but like for you guys, I mean, you guys have roommates. Some of them are definitely ones that you can talk with and kind of break down your situation, how you feel and stuff. 
And so it's easier to cope, not, not cope, but actually deal with some of those inner demons that come up. But people that are alone, I think is, is harder because even with going through like Zoom meetings, phone calls and stuff like that, you can only do so much in conveying those feelings over a device. Mm. And yeah. it's, and especially like right now, we're all in the same room, but you can kind of feel like energies based on these individuals and they can tell you where they're at with sure. their life. Yeah. But yeah, to me, I think it's easier for people to say that they actually dealt with their inner demons because they had a community. But for the individuals that I wouldn't say don't have a community, but are not able to get to their community, like for example, the mats, right? it's harder for them to deal or pick up those inner demons, I guess, or deal with it. I think you need a, something I've learned personally for me. I think you need a mix because I went from having roommates to then three and a half years of by myself to now like kind of having roommates, <laughs> like in the, just because of this whole situation. <laughs> uh, I mean, for all intents and purposes, yes. I think it's important to have both though, because Sometimes if you have roommates, then you have the opportunity to never address any of those situations. There's always distractions. However, if you flip completely on the other side of things and you're living by yourself, for me, I can easily drive myself crazy just, you know, sitting there mumbling to myself in my apartment, <laughs> you know, and dreaming up scenarios. Yeah. So that's where I think you need to take solitude every once in a while and really think things through, let yourself be uncomfortable with some of those thoughts. But then once you kind of come to some sort of conclusion or you hit a certain point, then bring it to that community and go, okay, so I've thought this through as pretty much as far as I can take it. What are your thoughts? Help me to get to the next step. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And that's uh, and then the one thing that you said that I really liked was, was about kind of forcing yourself to kind of step back, be alone and like be alone with those thoughts that bother you. Right. That's one thing that I've tried to improve on as well. Cause I've always tried to like get good at meditating and whatnot. And the closest I've been able to come is, you know, either jujitsu or going in the flow tank. And so that's the one way that I've found that I can actually kind of quiet everything out is just, you know, shut yourself in complete darkness, just kind of kill all music and just lay there and just, okay, what is going on in my life? You know, <laughs> yeah. what am I doing? What do I need to do? And what do I need to correct? So I think you kind of hit it there when you, when you talked about trying to like force yourself to be alone with those thoughts and kind of work things out. Cause I think, at least for me, that's that's really the only way to truly take proper steps towards, you know, moving on, I guess. Right. That's where that's where growth it's it's in uncomfort that that's where growth happens and improvement. And I don't say this as a guru. This is where I'm like also reminding myself, Jake, yeah, no, you got to do this thing, buddy. You got to you got to be uncomfortable. But wait, when you're doing this, the connection, <laughs> <laughs> growth and maturity, <laughs> classic. Yeah, but I guess like David, kind of to like, I'd like to know like how do you deal with self reflection? Like for example, like would you go into a, a float tank yourself? I just want to break that down more. <laughs> I've been dying to try it out. I would love to try that. <laughs> I've never experienced that exactly. But throwback, shower time for me is... Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is episode one throwback. It's my mini isolation chamber. And boy, do I love it. It is so helpful. 
it really somehow just allows me to think almost like everything all at once and then sort through it a little bit and then come back to a few thoughts that I really need to address and start going at those. But at the same time, another throwback topic is notes. I need to get it out and put it into notes. Kind of like Colton, you were describing needing to get out that nervous energy or energy in general in the form of these physical activities like throwing. For me, I have to literally write down like at least a word if it represents what I'm thinking about. <laughs> my mind runs so fast that if I if I take it out for a moment and I look at it and I acknowledge it, that's one step closer to me either whether it be addressing demons or facing facts and realities and kind of learning who I am, that introspection needs <laughs> either like a Google Doc, <laughs> one of my classics, or some, some form of note-taking for me. I, I don't know. Writing has been extremely helpful. I guess the alternative would be having another person, which if I was alone in this whole thing, I probably would have struggled a ton because I do... Now that you mentioned that, Wayman, the whole like living alone versus having even a small sense of community around you, that's my alternative is if I, I can't succeed in, you know, putting it to paper and then trying to think through it that way, I'm going to need someone else because there's a lot of thoughts up there and I need to get them out somehow. So I really lean on people who will talk with me through things and not only be a good listener, but then express their own thoughts and opinions because it is so illuminating to hear other people talk about their own lives, their own experiences, their own demons, whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden it puts into perspective your life in a larger sense, in a shared sense with the whole G dang species. (laughs) (laughs) We're all going through the same stuff, you know, Right. everybody experiences it in slightly different ways, but it's so amazing to hear other people approaching those things and how they're going through them, how they resolve them. Like, I guess it's really cool to hear small stories like your your growth trajectory or whatever that would be. Because <laughs> <laughs> it really does illuminate so many thoughts on questions I've been having of how do I get out of a funk when I'm really down in one? And I've got nothing to lean on because I'm feeling a deep sense of meaninglessness in life. I'm feeling, you know, really low. My self-esteem is taking a tank. And I think it's hearing out other people and how they go through it kind of levels me out. And I remember, oh, yeah, duh. I need some really positive expectations in my life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to focus on things and I need to improve. So, well, f- these are all things for me. I think everyone takes it a little bit differently. But just hearing those things out, man, I'm like, oh, I needed to hear that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then um, I think it's like uh, kind of like what we were saying earlier. It's just kind of like finding your own thing, right? So like where me going out and having a few rolls with some buddies could be similar like you just getting down and kind of pounding away on the drums, you know? Like yeah. Just throw some headphones on and kind of get lost for a little bit. For sure. Well, that's th- that's kind of the reason that we started this whole podcast, right, was to get people talking. And I think that's why I think it's so important that people talk about it because it's bringing people together and realizing that not only one big community, but then there's also smaller communities. Like there are people that are doing the same thing. They're struggling with the same things. Why, why wouldn't you all talk about it and then figure out a solution and like move on instead of, 
I think that's one of the most difficult things that I've experienced in the past is internally, I'm going, man, I'm struggling with A, B, and C. I can't figure it out. But everyone around me is like, no, everything's great. Ha ah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then it, then it, it was, it was a bummer to me. Cause I'm going, okay, cool. Well, I'm the only one struggling with these things, but then you hit those, <laughs> but then you get that entry point in and someone's like, oh, you're struggling with this. Actually, so am I. And instantly it's almost a connection going, oh, whoa, you're feeling this too. So I'm not, I'm not isolated. I'm not exiled in this. You're, you're feeling the same thing. Exiled. That's <laughs> the bring back that word. But that's, yeah. Like I just feel like people, people should talk about things a lot more than maybe our society <laughs> allows currently. Cause right. Well, it's that type of vulnerability that says, you know, <laughs> I got a lot of crap in my life. I'll admit it. <laughs> yeah. And then saying here are various ways that I've been trying to work through it. You know, I'll be honest. Also, they haven't been working. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's working for you? And just having the chance to, well, in a sense, that also ties back to what you were saying, Wayman, of being humble enough to ask for help, too. Yes. <laughs> so there's one side, which is, are you able to be vulnerable and share some things that, you know, you don't take pride in? The fact that you're in a deep slump right now and have a <laughs> low sense of self-esteem. And then being like, hey, anyone else feel similar? Yeah. And then having a conversation in which you actually relate to someone, you connect to someone, they share little tidbits of their life and how they're going through the same stuff in just a different way, but how they address it in their own way. And then recognizing you're seeing yourself in them too. No matter what their story is and how different it is, we all tend to do this as humans. It's how we relate to each other and connect as we see, oh yeah, I've been through something where I too was struggling with this. And then I found that, you know, facing these demons in this way really helped out. It's those, I love those situations, man, where you sympathize, empathize, you relate, and you have that deep human connection. I think that's what it is, is where you both see each other for who you are, but you also see each other, or you see yourselves in each other, you know? Well, and that ultimately, I think, would push you both farther than where you could go by lowering your ego, by being vulnerable. That'll ultimately, maybe, maybe short term, you take a little bit of step back because maybe it's embarrassing, it hurts or something like that. You open up about it. But ultimately, some somewhere in there, you're going to be able to come to terms with it and then project yourself even further and move past it. Whereas if you're just big ego, you never ask for help, you're stubborn, then you're just then you're never going to address it. You're never going to fix it. You're just going to keep being your stubborn self and keep moving along unless you, you know, as opposed to opening up, taking an ego hit, maybe stepping back a little bit, but then ultimately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the more I feel like you're exactly right. The more you open up, the more chances for you to improve yourself. I think those, those go up dramatically. Uh, whereas, I mean, you do the same thing, you're going to get the same result, right? Yeah. So, I mean, why not? And I think it's, it's like you said, once you do come up to somebody and be like, you know, hey, this is what's going on in my life. You know, even if you're just looking to get somebody's two cents, the fact that somebody can understand and empathize with you and, you know, come to the same level and you are, that you're on, you feel just that much better because you one, you got it off your chest and two, you're like, oh, wow, here's somebody who understands exactly where I'm coming from. You know, so I think that's part of it as well. Yeah, dude, if you don't mind me asking, too, this is a little bit of maybe a vulnerable thing, but <laughs> you mentioned you were meeting with a counselor and talking about communication. Is that somewhat along these lines or is that something different? 
that's something I'm still trying to work on. Okay. I'm doing just because I'm not, I'm not very good at like, like this was a huge thing for me to do. Right. I'm not too good at like talking about myself or opening about the way that I feel. And it wasn't, I didn't really exactly have time to think about that until all this happened for the longest time. It's Mm -hmm. like either I'm upset, you know, whether it be like a relationship, something happened at work, you know, and it's just, I'm either mad, I'm upset. Don't just don't feel really great about myself. I just go to the gym and then I come out, I feel okay. So that's for the longest time. That's just been the bandaid, but take that away. And it's like, all right, well, let's, uh, let's try and cope with this, figure out what's going on. So now I'm slowly trying to like, I guess, force myself to start opening up more and, you know, expressing how I feel and communicate a little bit more versus just kind of keeping everything locked up and then getting it out at the gym, you know? Dude, Dude. that's so cool. (laughs) I love that. Oh, and we are just so thankful that you're here sharing all this with us, dude. <laughs> yeah, you sir, what a cool you thing. You dove in head first. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying Thanks. to get better at opening me up, so I decided to come on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, truth be told, that's exactly why I did it, because it, it scared the hell out of you. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm with my buds. So dude, let's do it. I love it. That's Hashtag so cool. safe space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was hopefully. about to say naughty words, because I'm hyped now, but... <laughs> <laughs> You could do it. We'll bleep no. them out like we did in the other. <laughs> Dude, okay. that scared. The first one scared me. So I had headphones on. It was just going around. And all of a sudden, like, yeah, no, 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 no. And it just, like, it completely took me off guard. Uh, seriously, though, thanks for sharing everything that you did, Colton. It's been super fun talking with you. Holy cow. I can't believe now that I've learned all this that you've been not only struggling with it, but <laughs> with communication specifically. And then you agreed to get recorded. Dang. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you, you can visibly see me sweating over here, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you were relaxed over there. Again, Just, I would never have expected it. Dude, that's so legit. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh man. Hey, super, thanks for letting me hang out cool. with you guys. This was, uh, this was fun. Got dinner, got Wayman's uh, famous cooking finally. Yes. You know, full course meal. So thank you. Oh, of for course. Cooking that. You're That's how we no. butter up people. We just go, hey, come on, podcast will be fine. Just come on for dinner and Wayman's going to cook. And then you're all distracted because you're thinking about, you know, this garlic cream sauce or whatever the hell is going on, right? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> next thing you know, you got a microphone in your face and you're giving off your darpest, like deepest, darkest secrets. And like, <laughs> how did I get here? <laughs> That's how we get you. <laughs> get in with the food, come out with the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad. <laughs> That's good. We don't want you to be Still. mad. Cool. Well, are we, is that it? Calling it? Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for listening. As always, the support that we've been getting for this podcast is amazing. So keep it up, too. And let us know what you think. Seriously, any comments about how we could be better or what we're doing good at. But big reminder that um, you can always... I'll just put it. This is the antiquated one. Yeah, we got a Gmail, whatever. Forget it. Instagram, we have rts.pod <laughs> for record therapy sessions.podcast. But hit us up. Slide in those DMs. Give us mm. all the comments. <laughs> have a great night. <laughs> you know what we got to do, though? The punch. Got to give nuts. Hold on, give nuts to Wayman over here. We'll, we'll get it in that mic. Which mic? Okay, that one. Oh, this one here. Get a little bit closer. Here we go. Yep. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. That was a good pop. Oh, Wayman is going to be able to use his hand for a couple of days. I could feel the boxing. <laughs> <laughs> and roll, roll exit music. Boom, bop. <laughs> bop, bop, bop. Dun, 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 dun.